Hey guys, it's Maddie, and I'm here with Rachel, and we're, yo, we're starting a podcast, dude. You're starting a podcast. I'm just the guest uh, this... on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> so, Rachel and I today are actually going to be talking about a show that is very close to my heart and has really inspired me as a filmmaker, and that show is End of the Fucking World. Um... Rachel and I have both watched this on our own, and we both wrapped up season two recently, and I wanted to ask Rachel's thoughts on the series. So, overall, as a whole, what did you think of the show? Well, actually, um, kind of looking back on it now, when the first episode, not the first episode, when the first season came out last year, the beginning of last year, I believe, I think mm-hmm. it was like, tw- I could be... It could be crazy. It might be. It might have been before that. But you had, you had watched it and you told me, um, to watch it myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, yeah, okay, I'll get around to it. I mean, I do watch Netflix, but I'm not like a self-proclaimed film enthusiast. Um, but I got around to it because you said it was really good, and I watched it with my boyfriend, and it was really compelling. We actually watched most of the first season. I mean, there's only eight episodes. But we watched it, um, most of it all in one sitting because the episodes are so short. Um, I think that's kind of like an interesting thing to talk about. The episodes do not exceed 24 minutes. And most of them are somewhere between 19 and 21 minutes. Yeah, they're pretty short. That's that's like The Office short. Yeah. <laughs> that's how short those kinds of like sitcoms um, are. So um, so I found that kind of interesting and it kind of it, it grabs your attention for a very short period of time. And uh, keeps you coming back for more. Um, so that's just kind of an interesting part that I had wanted to mention. Um, but overall, I really like the series. I think it's uh, something that hasn't really been done before. There's a lot of different dark TV shows. Dar- I would definitely consider this like dark and yeah, eerie. Um and there's a lot of dark, eerie TV shows and movies and stuff, but this one's a little different because the two main characters, or protagon- I guess they're both protagonists, are um, really young, and they have very, um, some would probably consider sinister mindsets. And I think that that's different. I think we watch a lot of um, movies and TV shows with people that have um, that are much older, and they're sinister or... or uh, lack of a better word that's not psychiatrically correct, but they're psychotic. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't see that with uh, younger people. I think in the first episode, they're 17. Yeah, they're they're teenagers in the first episode. I think they, by, or first season, by the second season, I believe, they're like, they're older and they're kind of starting to come into their own and realize the effects of, what happened last season and it starts to actually set in for them and especially with Alyssa um oh yeah I felt like her character like our friend Jesse was saying earlier um her character we see her arc officially finally end on the second season when the first season it didn't really quite end like it did for James yeah yeah um I mean the Spoilers, <laughs> but um, James, uh, the the first season ends with uh, what you think is James's death, um, him lying on the beach with a bullet shot wound, and Alyssa is 
um, kneeling over him. And then there's like cops and siren sounds, mm. I believe. Um, so it obviously leads you to fig- want to know, well, what happened next? Um, and I do think that the the first season was very much based around him. I mean, throughout the season, you see um, different clips of his mom. And then it's kind of it, it shows different clips of her. But then it kind of shows really how she committed suicide. Um, like that whole scene where he is sitting in the car. I for, I don't know how young he is, actually. But um, so um, it kind of is showing the arc of him and then obviously his and his dad's relationship, which I think is actually a very interesting um, relationship um, to, to kind of like further look at just because of how he treats his dad. But then it's kind of like, I don't know. This is how I took it. It's kind of like weird karma in the second season because he finally grows this kind of like nice, loving relationship with his dad. And his dad has a heart attack at the bowling alley. Like it was almost like right away. It was like a slap that in the face. That happened so fast. Yes. I, I really, I didn't expect to see his dad just kind of drop like that. Yeah. No, um, I know. That I think really, that made me sympathize with James even more so. Oh, yeah. Um, I think that was a really impactful scene. Um, no, we should also talk about Bonnie. Oh, Bonnie's well, yes, we're going to have to get that. So many things to talk about. I, know. <laughs> um, I think the biggest thing being with season two, starting off the season, introducing Bonnie's character, a character that we have, we have no knowledge about. And the entire first season, we're in James and Alyssa's world completely and then you you look forward to seeing these characters immediately and then we have a whole episode in this new season just about Bonnie and her character and her setup so I think that was a very a very like interesting choice to make and you're wondering where the fuck James and Alyssa is at that's what I kind of thought I was just like well where are stars at (laughs) um but yeah, so so Bonnie is the the new character introduced in season two, um, and Bonnie herself is you know for a lack of better word fucked up. Yeah, like I I think it's fair to say in the worst terms possible. But James and Alyssa have a lot of psychiatric psychological issues. Um, you know, it's undiagnosed for them, but that's just how it goes about. It's because of their family situations. Um, but that is also shown with Bonnie, but in a very different light, because Bonnie's a little bit older than them. I believe she's college age, um, because she's at school yeah, for she's the beginning of the school. Yes, yeah. Um, Oh no! Wait, was she? I'm I'm forgetting. Was she taking classes? No, I think so. She started off by she didn't get into the school, and so she just went there and started getting a job there, and then that's when she meets that professor. Oh, and okay, all right. She sits in on his classes, and that's I guess how I, that whole thing happened. Yeah. No. Okay. Yeah. That's right. I just I for some reason thought that she was the student, but you're right. I guess she was just working there in the library, and then she smears shit on the poster she does some really ballsy things (laughs) um yes she's very interesting to kind of consider because um 
I mean, the writers followed essentially the same guideline that James and Alyssa do, mm-hmm. where they do have kind of um, messed up family situations that make them act uh, uh, irrationally. Um, but, uh, I mean, Bonnie does, too. And this is something that I didn't even think to mention. But when we were talking with our friend Jesse right before this, he was just like, I mean, it's pretty fucked up. Her mom makes her eat lipstick. Like, as a punishment. Yeah. it's Which is nuts. <laughs> like, you, can you imagine, like, someone being like, the mom doesn't want her to wear makeup. And I think she sneaks and puts it on. And her mom's mom finds it and she's like what is this and then she's like you're going to eat it like what a ridiculous punishment yeah the mom it it really the whole show i think is about like the effects of your family and your parents on you and how that affects you later on in life Mm -hmm. and then the decisions you make and it's the approach they take is i feel like definitely like intensified and yeah. I think, I mean, we meet Alyssa and James when James wants to kill Alyssa. And then he learns to fall in love with her and learns to kind of gain those human elements. Yeah, it, it makes me wonder. I mean, they do, again, they flash back to James's childhood. I'm blanking if they and they oh no they they flash back to Bonnie's. I'm blanking if they flash back very much to Alyssa's. I feel like less so. I think more so they like they go to like kind of her present like especially in the first season kind of just her present situation. Right. Um. I don't think more so like her actual childhood. Oh, except for when, um, her father sends the birthday cards but it's not actually oh my gosh yes oh i forgot about that that's that's interesting well i think it's interesting because they don't um with with both james Alyssa, and bonnie um having uh not so great home situations you would think that the 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 movie would talk a little bit about almost how they've got to the stages that they're at but it, it doesn't it really allows the audience to kind of pick up the clues along the way and kind of leave it up to their own interpretation how they think that they kind of got there. Mm. Um, Because I think that's interesting, you know, when you see a character that clearly has some deep-rooted psychological issues or trauma, you really want to know where it stems from. Um, or you want to see the um, the growth system from them being young to being old. Um, but you kind of don't. You have to, like, pick and piece it together while watching. I mean, you know why they're having problems. But you kind of have to, like, put it together a little bit. And it's um, – I, I like – personally, I really like shows like that that um, don't tell you right away what the full story is. Mm. They're going to show you bits and pieces. I mean, I think a lot of TV shows do this. Um but they show bits and pieces, and you really have to kind of, you know, come to a realization yourself before the writers even tell you. I think it's an interesting choice. Yeah. Um, another another thing I wanted to talk about was um, the professor, actually, oh, yeah. um, and his relationship with Bonnie, because I think... And I think you're one of the best people to actually talk about this too, because he's, he's also, he's, we've seen him interact for lack of a better word with Alyssa 
Yes. And Bonnie and that other woman who was there at the time. Um, and you're very knowledgeable about psychological <laughs> issues. <laughs> Just because I study therapy. Um, so I <laughs> Not an expert. That I do have to put a disclaimer. I am not an expert. <laughs> I do not have a PhD in uh, psychology, so please do not quote me on anything. But I am interested in it. I am a nerd for it. So I think I think you're I think you're a good source to go to as somebody who is, is interested in this topic. Um, about like what you think about um, the professor and his relationship with those characters and how and his interactions with them. Um, yeah, so he's obviously not in the show for very long. They mm. ca- they talk about him throughout the entire season, too, because that's Bonnie's motivation for killing both James and Alyssa. But um, he's not in it for very long, but you shortly find out a lot about him. Um, so Alyssa and James uncover. Um the best word to describe him without actually getting into too many scientific psychological terminology is he's manipulative Mm. um and especially manipulative of women um and unfortunately this kind of pattern i mean you could probably predict is commonly seen with um with rapists um because or they're not not necessarily just with women, but it's whoever the rapists are kind of going after. They have a motive, and they have a very strategic way of um, going about their plans. It, it sounds really messed up. Uh, that's because it is. <laughs> um, but you see that a lot with a lot of cases that we actually even see today in the news, in media, and all that kind of stuff. There's usually these kinds of people have very, very strategic patterns about how they go about their victims. And it's it's incredibly disturbing and strange to find out. But that's essentially what they both James and Alyssa uncover about this guy. I mean, how could they know that they walked into a house of some man that does some really terrible stuff? But I mean, he found a way to keep... Bonnie on the like on like the edge of her seat like coming back for more but yet he's doing awful things to other people and then obviously to Alyssa so and he's like breaking her up and tearing her down and building her back up and then breaking her up and tearing her like it's a it's a constant cycle that I feel like you see with these kinds of characters and they essentially allude to that that that's what he did to her and um, she sees him as the good guy. I don't know if you know, have you ever heard of um, Stockholm Syndrome? Yep. So it, it's almost like Stockholm Syndrome, but, I mean, Bonnie's not held captive by him. But that I feel like you can see that still in other cases where, I mean, he has her tied around his finger so much to the point where she is convinced that he is the good guy. Even after Alyssa tells him he he tried to sexually, you know, come come on to me. Yeah. So I think that that's very interesting. I think that Bonnie is a really, um, a very real interpretation of how someone like her m- might be treated 
by someone like this guy, like this rapist. I know rapist is also a very big trigger warning, so I do throw that out there, but that's what he is. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. I think, so it's interesting because we have a lot of these, a lot of these characters have a lot of, have a lot of psychological issues that Mm -hmm. they deal with and i think when we first meet james we see james and he introduces himself and he says i believe he says i think i'm a sociopath oh yeah immediately at the very beginning he says hi i'm james and i think he says i think or i am a sociopath something along those lines so we see him at the end of season two say that well he says later and like earlier in the beginning that he loves Alyssa and then we see them both kind of admit their feelings to each other at the end and do you think he is being a sociopath is that something that you can evolve from is that something him having feelings for Alyssa is that something that he can work through Um, yeah, that's actually, that's a really interesting point. I kind of forgot that he actually said that. And what I also find more interestingly enough is that he actually called himself a sociopath. If you think about sociopathic tendencies in people where one might allude to calling someone a sociopath, the reason why I do say that though is because uh, technically it's, it's actually, (laughs) not only is it just like rude, but um, you shouldn't actually go around labeling people as sociopaths. Um, it's one of those um, uh, things that you actually learn about in psychology that you shouldn't just kind of blatantly go around saying because it is actually a diagnosis. Mm. So you don't want to, in, in terms of science and medicine, you don't want to mislabel someone as something. Um, so there is um, a little like backstory with that behind it so nobody um or maybe people do describe james and and Alyssa or even bonnie as um sociopathic but i think it's interesting because people that do have these sociopathic tendencies that one person might call sociopathic uh they don't usually call themselves that like the fact that he says and i am a sociopath because usually they're unaware of their tendencies but James is very, very, um, oh, uh, what, what's the word? Uh, just very aware that he, like, has these tendencies and he wants to kill Alyssa. Like, it's odd because uh, I actually would say that Bonnie does not have those tendencies as much. She just straight up wants to go kill them. James, like, mills about it and thinks mm. about it. So it kind of, it out, first of all, I mean, that's a compare and contrast between both James and Bonnie and how they're different in that way. But I do think it's interesting that he would even call himself that because that's not usually something that people with sociopathic tendencies would call themselves. It's what other people would refer to them as. So since, since these are, since we, these are characters and we are talking about like fictional people. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So the real people, goddammit. <laughs> there, I mean, so as just as talking about them as characters, since they're not real, um, for the sake of that, what I'm like gathering right now is that 
from what we've seen of the characters, Bonnie is more sociopathic or has those tendencies than James does. Since right from the beginning, he says, hey, I think I'm a sociopath. And we see this like little montage of him like killing these animals and he wants to kill Alyssa. And when he sticks his hand in the fryer because he wants to feel something. Yeah, which and is also <laughs> a choice. Literally me in middle school. <laughs> um, no, I'm kidding. But like... <laughs> Um, but, (laughs) but we see, we see, like you said, he kind of, he thinks about these things before he does them. And with Bonnie, it's way more impulsive. Like she, she made, she ran into that girl with her car right at the beginning of season two. Yeah. So impulse, uh, impulsivity, I believe is the way you would pronounce it, uh, is a, uh, psycho, um, sociopathic tendency. So, um, right away, we kind of know that she has those tendencies and James does not because he mills about his choices that he's about to make. So then, do you think he's actually not a sociopath? Yeah, I wouldn't, I would not give him that label. I try not to label already as it is, um, but I would not label him as that. I think the reason why he calls himself that and he is for sure that that's what he is is because of probably the lack of psychological help that he gets. I mean, nowhere in the entire series until the very end where Alyssa mentions, I think I need some psychological help, none of them get it. They do go to the police. They go to detect, like they're talking to different people in it about stuff that happens. And you do see James in the hospital, but there is, I don't believe there's any mention of any psychological type of help or even intervention, which is also interesting. Maybe, I mean, that's not the main part of the storyline, so I get it, but it's just, um, there's, there's no mention of it, but yet these characters have some some deep psychological trauma. Do you think that that is in t- an intentional choice that the writers made? Or do you think that's just, it's not part of the story type of thing? I don't know. I mean, I thought that it wasn't part of the story, but maybe they truly want you to believe that um, this is how the characters feel and this is how it is. Because doesn't, I? this is a, kind of like a question for you, People in the in the series don't really even seem much concerned about how James and Alyssa are um, acting and expressing their feelings. They just care that they killed people and did some like heinous crimes. Mm-hmm. Think about it a little bit, because I don't know. That's that that kind of shocks me. Nobody is like. I feel like the character that's only slightly concerned about stuff is Alyssa's mom. But she's, for most of the first season, is occupied with, like, her new babies. I think most of the, most of the characters, yeah, in this, they're very, all of them are very wrapped up in their, like, in themselves. Oh, yeah. Very much. Like, um, like, again, going back to James, I'm a sociopath. Right from the beginning. And then... We see Alyssa, and right at the beginning, her impulsive, impulsive, impulsivity. <laughs> That's Wait, a hard word. I, impulsivity. Imp- no, imp- impulsiveness. 
Yeah, we'll just say that. All right. So we're not English majors. <laughs> her impulsiveness. Um, and I totally lost my train of thought. Um, and <laughs> oh my god. Um, how James said he was a psych- sociopath. <laughs> We've been talking series. about that forever. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this um, is just us, folks. Um. <laughs> so, anyways, you can carry on. Getting up. Carry on. All right. I forgot what I was gonna say. We're moving on. Um. <laughs> know what? I was really actually sad. Um. That we didn't get the two. Um. The two detectives or police officers back in season two. Oh yeah, the ones that were on the case of both of them and where they were. Yeah, the lesbian couple. <laughs> I missed them so much. Um, I think it's just because they weren't uh, major roles. Oh, I really, I was really looking forward to seeing them again, but it's all right. R.I.P. R.I.P. Um. <laughs> Oh my god. Do you, you know what? I think maybe possibly to wrap this up, you want to talk a little bit about um, some more filmy kind of stuff because that is your area of expertise, like the production, the lighting, the way they shot it, camera work. I think that's that's a very good idea. Thank you. Because um, I mean, I could talk about it, but I obviously don't have more knowledge in that area so i feel like i want to hear i do really actually want to hear your opinions oh wow thank you thank you very much (laughs) no 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 No, not not like that just because i haven't heard you um speak more on that yeah i'll talk about it so i very i really love the way that this film is shot and i think that's because I am very much a film student, and, and I also will admit that I really love Wes Anderson, and um, I really like how he does a lot of like shots straight on of the characters, and that's primarily how this is shot. We see a lot of like singles of the characters and a lot of just straight on shots at them, and I think it's a little bit awkward and uncomfortable at times, and I think that really emphasizes the tone of the show. Um, and their interactions with each other is this, like, awkwardness. And I'm really wondering if, um, if the director took inspiration from a lot of, like, Wes Anderson films and, um, specifically, like, Moonrise Kingdom to, like, bring that. I don't know if you've seen Moonrise Kingdom. I have not. Um, but it, it strikes me a lot of that film because in Moonrise Kingdom you have a young boy and a girl younger than uh, a little bit younger than James and Alyssa at the time of season one. And the two of them run away together. And it's very much like this. Um, James and Alyssa go on a road trip and crash a car and do all of these things. And so it has very much moonrise kingdom vibes. Um, I love the lighting. It's a lot of very like realistic lighting. It's shot. Well, um, I think the writing is fabulous. I think the characters speak very little, but say a lot. Well, I, this is actually something that I did write down that I want to talk about, um, because it is not dialogue heavy. No, at not all. at all. It, you know, it's, it's, it's very, uh, because the emotion is so heavy in, um, in the TV show, 
I think a lot of it comes from their facial expressions. Absolutely. I mean, I'm very interested in actually how many uh, takes they had to do if they didn't get, like, the deadpan, the, like, staring off into space, like, or if they, like, broke and, like, laughed a couple of times. I would find that really... As somebody that did a lot of acting growing up, I mean, granted, I don't do a lot of film acting, but... That's 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 challenging. You have to really train yourself to get in a very deadpan kind of mindset, <laughs> you know? I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure they worked a lot with the director and to get this, like, eerie kind of also, like, that angsty teen vibe. Oh, yeah. Um, I, but I was a big fan. I, to end with less two minutes, um, I think... Overall, I did like season one more than season two, um, just because I liked the nostalgic feeling I got when, like, the two kids, like, running away together. It's very much, um, it very much hit me in the, like, young kid feels. Yeah. (laughs) So, and I think that's why I liked it more than season two. I liked that season two kind of wrapped everything up, um, and that... We're still not sure. We've read a couple articles to see if there will be a season three. We're getting conflicting answers. Currently, some people say yes. Um, there's an interview that says that uh, the creator of the show kind of liked how it wrapped up. So there possibly won't be a season three. So we're still unclear. Um, but I would really... I don't know if I would like to see season three because I kind of liked how it ended. Yeah, we were talking about this before we started um, recording. And um, unlike many shows nowadays, this one has a very satisfying ending. Uh, Not so much, I guess, for season one because it does leave on a cliffhanger. Uh, But season two is a very satisfying ending. Uh, Pretty much with, again, spoiler alert, but... um, Alyssa uh, admits her love to James, and James has already done that um, way ahead in the beginning of the season. Um, And she finally comes around and admits it herself. I think that's actually a hard thing for her character to admit. Um, And that's uh, she admits that she needs help and to do some stuff, but she loves him, and it will take her time um, to fully go into that loving state, which I just thought was kind of a gratifying ending. I agree. I think I think it ended well. I think um, as much as I love these characters and I'd love to see them again, I don't want to see kind of, I don't want to see an ending just for the sake, or like another season, just for the sake of there being another season. That's fair. I'd rather see the story wrap up in a more satisfying way. So I think that is a great place to leave off. Uh, thank you guys for listening. And... We are going to be putting out more episodes and talking about more films and series and shows. Um, Yeah, so thanks, guys. Yeah, bye. Thanks for listening.